Get ready, it's time. Motherhood Talk Radio, starring Sandra Beck, is the most powerful voice in women's issues today. As the owner of Motherhood Incorporated, Sandra brings you inspiring, influential, and interesting resources to help you navigate everything from childcare to corporate formation. Each episode of Motherhood Talk Radio features guests who all have a story, experts in their field, and information you won't want to miss. We bring you everything from the latest crafting tips to how to be sexy in your 40s, from great parenting tips to moms facing some tough challenges, and most importantly, how to bounce back with style. Motherhood Talk Radio helps you make a difference in your world and the world around us. Being all you can be starts right here, right now. Let's do it. Here's your host, Sandra Beck. Hey ladies, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with Lisa Dietrich and this is number eight in our Fruits of the Spirit series. And this is really important because I think as women we want to really teach our kids and I know I received this Fruits of the Spirit uh, piece of artwork for my kitchen. It's like a wood board with the Fruits of the Spirit on it and I totally love it and I point to the kids and I'm like, that is not being gentle. And then when I realized I did this, I realized that, boy, I don't really know the Fruits of the Spirit that well and then uh, I wrote a blog or published a blog on it and people liked it. And then I went to Lisa Dietrich's blog, uh, Lisa, L-I-S-A-D-E-T-R-E-S. She's a mother of four, a grandmother of four. She's been around the block. She knows the Bible inside and out. She is my go-to girl when it comes to this stuff. So I invited her on the show with me to do this Fruits of the Spirit series because I think as moms, we really need to understand this if we're going to teach it to our kids. And the fruits of the Spirit is a biblical term that kind of sums up the nine attributes of Christian living. And it comes from Paul in his letter to the Galatians. And, you know, the, 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 the phrase is, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, tolerance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And today we're going to talk about gentleness. Because one of the things that happens, and I'm raising boys, so, you know, I can only speak from that point of view. But gentleness is always equated with them with weakness. And I'm like, how could gentleness be a fruit of the spirit because God doesn't advocate weakness. So Lisa, I'm so glad to have you on the show with me today to kind of demystify gentleness. What does it mean? How do we apply it? And what does it look like in our households? You know, thank you, Sandra. Um, that's a very good question because yes, people do equate gentleness with meekness, but, or uh, with weakness, but the way we explain it to our kids is it's strength under control. And keeping your strength and your your um, uh, your you know impulses under control that brings a whole new thing to it because that that really is what gentleness is. It's not that we're going to be trampled all over. We're not going to be milk toast or weak, but we are going to keep our strength under control. And that that definition really made sense to our boys. Yeah, because that that strength under control is is a big deal. I mean, I think that falls under self-control, but it also falls under gentleness because, you know, you can really think about the gentle giant. You know, you think of like a big giant holding like a little baby gorilla and, you know, what a gentle giant. They have all the strength, but they harness that power. I also think it involves humility and thankfulness, too, because gentleness I don't know why I think it does, but but it just feels like, well, it's hard because, Lisa, the fruits of the Spirit are all intertwined. You can't have one without the other. Exactly. And even though um, people who don't 
believe in God or, or accept Jesus as Lord and Savior like we do, um, they can have these attributes. They can be patient. They can be happy, joyful. They can have peace. They can love. Um, and they can have them, but it, it's not as it's not on a deep level like having the fruits of the Holy Spirit is living in you. And these things kind of bubble up from inside, regardless of what's going on on the outside. And gentleness, I have to admit, is one of the fruits that I've struggled with in my life, mainly just because of the way I was raised. Um, my parents were from the D- Depression era, no nonsense. I had two older brothers that, um, you know, while I was not the princess of the family, I was, you know, taken care of and everything. But, um, you know, I, I was wearing my jeans, chasing my brothers around and, and getting in the dirt with them. So gentleness wasn't really something that came easily for me. And, um, you know, that definition of strength under control and just learning to slow down a little bit really helped me in in becoming more gentle and definitely being around people who are gentle and and just watching how they move and how they respond and how they kind of think before they talk and things like that. That's, um, you know, what's kind of helped me with the gentleness. Well, and the quality of being kind and careful, you know, it it really like you cannot have gentleness without huge self-control because, you know, we have all these strengths, we have all these desires, we have all these emotions. So we kind of have to get them under control and then we kind of have to harness them. And then patience, like, you know, this is where it's like the knee bones connected to the elbow bone or we've got forgiveness connected to the gentleness. (laughs) It's, you know, they're all, you know, roped together. You didn't think I would sing today, did you? Um, but it's true. It's like to, to be a gentle person, you know, I think of some of the Southern women I work with and they are so tough, but they come off with this just velvety gentleness. And I'm, I'm always marveled because I come off more as a little bit like the crass, you know, not the, you know, the crass East coast, you know, say it like it is, you know, blunt bluntness. Um, I don't have the genteelness of the South, but there's something to be said. I've learned a lot from them. I've learned a lot of how they handle business. They're not as abrasive as I can be. And I've really tried to harness that abrasion because I, like you, spend a lot of time with my brothers and I'm like, spit it out, shut up, get to the point, you know, stop talking. And, you know, that's that has worked for me in that environment, but it really doesn't work in a lot of environments and it really doesn't get the desired outcome. Very true. And yes, I... I equate um, gentleness, I think about a soft breeze blowing by as opposed to, uh, you know, near hurricane strength, the wind that almost knocks you over. And, um, you know, and you're right, these these fruits are intertwined. You really, you know, you can't be gentle if you don't have kindness and goodness within you and love. And that's kind of where we're going. We're heading in this direction that, you know, one kind of builds off another and it's even if we're not gentle, there are ways to learn to be gentle and to teach our kids to be gentle. One of the easiest or one of the most um, inter- universal lessons that we teach children on gentleness is when we introduce a new puppy or kitten or a new animal into the family. Or you a know, new baby. Or a baby. The toddlers want to run up and start, you know, squeezing the life out of it. But we say gentle. We hold their hand and we very gently stroke the pet or the baby or whatever. And, um, you know, and that's where they learn gentleness, a soft touch, a soft word, kindness, goodness, and caring about that other person or the other creature um, really helps to teach us on a 
physical level, at least gentleness. And then we need to work on the emotional part because that's, of course, a whole lot different because there are times when we need to be gentle and, and yet, you know, the people we're dealing with want us to be a little more hurricane strength. So that's where the, uh, that's where the fruit of the spirit really comes in handy. Well, it's neat because I, I think about like, you know, when I teach my dog not to grab food, you know, I like hold it. I'm like gentle, gentle until he like comes and takes the treat, really gentle, you know, but it's slow and careful. And it's not like slow in a bad way, but it's careful and considerate and it's, you know, kind and like, you know, we don't. Well, we're not supposed to, but we don't yell at babies to, you know, to, to, to do things in any other way than, okay, I need you to stop that or okay, come on now. Cause you don't scream at a two year old, you know, that's not going to work, or at least you're not supposed to. I think all of us have at one time, but, you know, like stop with their running to the car. That's one thing. But, you know, when you do that, they cry. And it's a really good allegory to adults and, you know, our interaction with each other. Why are we so gentle with children, but we're not gentle? with the very people we love like that to me has always been a mystery why are we polite to everybody in the school and the neighborhood and the soccer team and then we're not polite to each other at home and i really i've been cracking down in that lisa this fruits of the spirit series man it's kicked my family into gear because it's so easy to be kind or gentle or patient with other people but yet we don't practice it in our own home well, that kind of falls under self-control, which comes next. <laughs> but yes, I mean, gentleness is something, and it's one of those things that we can make a habit. Um, just like some of these other fruits that um, when um, I, I spent several years working in the uh customer service industry and that requires a high level of gentleness and, and kindness to people complete strangers but then i brought it home and um it's become part of our home life as well just because i got in the habit of doing it at work and i thought this is a good habit to have at home and when i trained my employees i told them the same thing good habit to have everywhere not just here at the workplace take these you know kind considerate gentle words and mannerisms and take them home with you well, and don't equate them with weakness. You know, that's the biggest mistake. I, I think a lot of times people equate kindness or gentleness or peacefulness with weakness. And it couldn't be further from the truth because any parent who's ever wanted to throttle their kid and then they have to turn around and be gentle and kind and loving to whatever, it shows that we can do it. But you certainly are not weak in that moment. You certainly are not showing weakness. You're actually showing extreme strength in being able to have self-control and present yourself with gentleness, kindness, or any one of the fruits of the spirit that we're talking about. We're visiting today with Lisa Dietrich, and Lisa Dietrich has a fruits of the spirit series that I encourage you to look at. It's Lisa Dietrich, L-I-S-A-D-E-T-R-E-S.com. Lisa, tell me a little bit about your family. I gave you the highlights. We've got a couple minutes. I'd like people to get to know you if they haven't heard this, you know, the other series we've done. Well, um, I have four grown children, two girls and two boys. And um, my youngest one is still at home with us. She she has it really good now. The other kids are out of the house, so she's here going to college. Uh, my husband is a pastor here in Culver, Oregon. He's the uh, senior pastor at Culver Christian Church. And so despite the fact my kids are grown, my plate is full. Um, I do have four grandsons as well uh, who don't or not in the area. But, um, you know, it's uh, kind of an interesting adventure having boys in the family. And, 
you know, we've we've been through these things. We've been through a lot as a family. So um, I am not an authority on any of this. I'm just asking you to walk alongside me as we make our way through this life with God's help. I love that. Okay, LisaDietrich.com. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk more about gentleness and how to teach our children gentleness and how to instill gentleness in our family beyond just, you know, babies and puppies and kittens. We'll be back after the break. This is Sandra Beck, Motherhood Talk Radio. We'll be back. Stay with us. There's lots more great conversation to come on Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck right after these messages. Got my dreams, got my life, got my love. Got my friends, got the sunshine above. Why am I making this hard on myself when there's so many beautiful reasons I have to be happy? Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors. All quilters, just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff. And find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. A few years ago, some fishermen off the coast of Italy discovered some pottery along with fish in their nets. Divers were called out and discovered an ancient Roman ship whose galley, or caboose, a nautical term for kitchen, was extremely intact. Some of the food uncovered on board was pickled fish, wine, oil, and grain used to make the ship's biscuits, otherwise known as dandy funks. It is thought the 2,000-year-old boat was probably on its way to Spain when it sunk and was covered by layers of mud, baggy wrinkles and all. Baggy wrinkles are another name for the ship's ropes. The mud protected the ship from wear, explaining why the leftover food on board was still in such good condition. We land lovers may not be familiar with leftovers on the sea, but we are familiar with leftovers in our kitchen. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck, bringing you interesting, influential, and inspiring guests every week, helping you make a difference in your world and the world around us. Let's get back to the show. Here's Sandra Beck. Hey, 
Hey, Mamas, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Lisa Dietrich, and we are dismantling the fruits of the Spirit. And if you missed the uh, first part of today's show, you can check us out on iTunes on MotherhoodTalkRadio.com. You can check us out on Toginet, T-O-G-I-N-E-T.com, and find this in the other nine fruits of the Spirit. This is episode mm-hmm. eight, where we can dismantle this stuff and start practicing it in our households, and they can be more than words on a wall, which is unfortunately what it's been in my house for a while. <laughs> well, words on the wall is a good start. <laughs> it's a good start. So, okay, so I'm going to ask you the million-dollar question. What does the Bible have to say about gentleness? I'm sure there's quite a bit in there, and you're the expert because you've read it, like, more than once, cover to cover, and I haven't even hit it once. Oh, you know, there's there's a lot of things it says about it. Um, one of the things that I um, taught... Uh, the kids in my church, we did a um, series this past summer on 1 Corinthians 13. They call it the love chapter, and we called it the summer of love because I'm kind of a hot hippie. Um, but one of the things that we learned is that love is patient and kind. It does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. And if you take all of those things that is not, the one world that, word that comes through there is gentle. Um, love is gentle and um, there's a lot of other things like a lot of things in Proverbs about uh, for instance Proverbs 15 ones as a soft answer turns away wrath but a harsh word stirs up anger um, and um, there's there's so many other things <laughs> there's two good ones and we'll, we'll uh, kind of start with that and then unpack some others as we go along um, the first one is from 1 Corinthians 13 4 and 5 um, and, you know, when we're talking about, again, the, the fruits of the spirit all being intertwined, we want to be patient and kind. And if we're patient and kind, that's another term for gentleness. Um, we, we don't, you know, we don't try to climb all over other people by envying or being jealous. We don't brag. We're not rude. We're not arrogant. We're not pushing for our own way. We're not irritable or resentful, and we definitely don't, you know, use harsh words like Proverbs says. So, um, you know, and those are some of the things that's very difficult sometimes with kids to teach them kindness and goodness and gentleness with their siblings, unless they're babies. But, um, you know, we, we can uh, demonstrate it for them, and we can just make that we, we kind of need to be intentional with that and make it a habit in our homes. And that does take a lot of time. Um, I kind of laugh about how, you know, bad habits seem to happen overnight, but good habits habits take far more than three weeks to, to bring into play. So we need to be intentional about it every day. And maybe, you know, if you're working through the fruits of the spirit, maybe we can just have, you know, the month of gentleness or <laughs> your gentleness as it may have been in my home. <laughs> um, <laughs> To uh, really, you know, get that point down and make sure that it's internalized and that they understand not just in their heads what it means, but in their hearts. Well, and that's a big one. Like, let's let's talk about hearts for a minute. I know we've touched on it on a couple episodes, but, you know, not everybody has heard every episode in the series. And, you know, what's in your heart and what you actually present to the outside world can be very different things, especially with kids. Like, I think of, do you remember Leave it to Beaver reruns with Eddie Haskell? And Eddie Haskell was such a mean little stink. And yet he'd go, well, yes, Mrs. Cleaver, of course, Mrs. Cleaver. And I always thought his character was hilarious. 
until I had kids. And then I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's really kids like this. And hopefully not my own, you know, but but I didn't, you know, scary ones. But, you know, so what's in your heart? I think that's a really big conversation to have with kids. And, you know, Lisa, I'm going to put the microphone over to you because you're just so much better at this. And I always learn from you. And I really don't know how to have a conversation with my kids, especially boys, about what's in your heart. Well, and it's interesting because Proverbs 23, 7 says, as he thinks in his heart, so is he. And some of the other translations say, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Um, what is in your heart is what eventually will come out. And so, yes, we can raise our kids to be little kind of like robots like Eddie Haskell. But really, that, that's all in the head, and that's just all a facade what we want to do is get it into their hearts. And sometimes it kind of depends on the child as to how they're going to learn it and internalize it. Um, with some of my kids, you know, when the bully was picking on them, um, that was a good time to teach them. We, you know, this doesn't feel very good, does it? No, it feels horrible. Well, let's make sure you never do that to anyone else, whether they have or haven't. All kids have their moments. And we just took that to say, hey, this is a good lesson in being kind and gentle with others because now you know what it feels like and you don't want to hurt anybody the way you're hurting, do you? No. And so, you know, and that's one of those negative lessons that we can turn around and make it a positive one for our kids. Um, and um, some some other things that we can do, you know, we need to make, make these things intentional. It's not one of the, you know, even though the fruits of the Spirit are there inside of us, Sometimes we need to be very intentional about bringing them up and and strengthening those that we're a little bit weaker in. Uh, like I was saying earlier, um, gentleness is not my strong suit. I you know didn't really grow up in a princess kingdom. It was more like rough and tumble, you know, get over it and let's move on. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> um, but um, that's not to say that my mom did not taught taught me did not teach me to how to be ladylike and and how to be gentle because I saw her um, dealing with people. She was a great saleswoman, a fantastic um, salesperson, and it was all through personal contacts, her friends. She had many, many friends. And I watched that gentleness as she dealt with people and and talked with them and listened to them. Um, It it takes a lot to... um, learn gentleness but one of the things we can do is like i said live intentionally um you know gentle people don't necessarily shoot from the hip they actually stop and consider what they're going to say before they say it and they maybe you know run it through their heads a couple times and and kind of work with it massage it so whatever it is they need to say is there is the kindness and gentleness in there but the other thing is they, they don't have to spend as much time cleaning up their messes because they don't make them in the first place. And if you think about, you know, things that we've said that we need to go back and fix or people that we've hurt that we need to go back and make amends with, um, there's a lot of um, lot to be said for living intentionally. Um, another thing is to just slow down. We live in a very fast-paced life here in the West, and that gives us a lot more room to make accidents to have accidents just think about the freeways and if you consider your life as a freeway and you know everything's rushed and and you know every schedule is timed down to the minute 
um, that doesn't leave a lot of room to be gentle. So we need to find some ways to decelerate our life. And I know it's easy for me to say now that my kids are grown, I remember what it was like hauling all four of them around to practice, to school, to this and that and that, da, da. Um, and yet even when we're driving the car, we can find time to talk about gentleness and, and the fruits of the spirit. As a matter of fact, that's a good time to interact and, and, you know, right, cause they can't get out. <laughs> They can't get out, and, you know, if we turn off everything, you know, it gives us some good time to talk and and to interact, and we're all close together. So, you know, we have to be a little bit more under control. And we're on a, you know, think terrible things could happen if everything got out of control in the car. So that's a good well, time. Well, it does. It does. I mean, it really does, Lisa. And I think, you know, one of the things that I found with my kids, especially with the boys, is they're more receptive to receive this instruction at certain times rather than other times. Like, it's very funny. My little one, he'll be playing on his DS or playing on his phone, and I can have this long conversation with him and he records everything now but if we have a conversation like this it often gets too intense for him and he mm-hmm. he just has a hard time with it but yet if he picks up his phone or his ds and he sits on the couch next to me and we talk he'll be playing but he'll be listening to me and he'll be answering and asking questions so i just want to put out there that like not every kid can have that emotionally intense conversation now max is very different we can sit down and have hours long conversations we can sit and have a piece of pie at dinner after dinner with i'll have a coffee he'll have a glass of milk and we can talk for hours and he cannot play a video game or be on his phone and retain that but each kid is different so i think it's really important to know how to communicate with our kids because it really is very different were your kids different like that too Absolutely. And there's a great book by Cynthia Tobias called The Way They Learn or The Way Kids Learn. It's all about learning styles. And, um, you know, one is auditory. So Max may be the one that can take things in, you know, through his ears and internalize it. Uh, others are visual learners. They have to see it. And then there's the kinesthetic learners like Zach that um, they actually have to be moving in order to learn and that drives teachers crazy because they think yeah, they're not understanding they're not listening um i had one my my son john i used to call him my son of perpetual noise and motion he was like zach he could be doing something else and taking every word i said um but for teachers it would drive him crazy because they would think he's not paying attention so we need to know our kids learning styles and work with that um, there's a great verse, uh, Deuteronomy chapter, uh, chapter 6. Uh, whoops, I just lost it here. Verse 4. Um, and it says, Hero Israel. Uh, just a minute here, I just lost it. You know, and I'm going to take us to commercial break, and we'll pick it up after on the other side of the break. Uh, this is Motherhood Talk Radio. We're visiting today with Lisa Dietrich. If you like what you heard from her today, and I know you will, go to her website, lisadietrich.com, L-I-S-A-D-E-T-R-E-S.com. She's written a blog series on Fruits of the Spirit, but she's also written lots of other articles. I mean, she's got a lot of stuff on there. They're really good, and they're bite-sized pieces, and they're not too, like, uh, you know, crazy with the churchology or these words that I don't understand. That's what I love about Lisa. She can explain it to me so I can understand it. And I don't know all these words and I can't know all these words. And so if you feel the same way I do, check out her site, read her stuff. It's very, very good. Uh, We'll be back again with her after the break and she can share her chapter and verse with us and kind of demystify it and take it to the next level. We'll be back after the break. 
Stay with us. There's lots more great conversation to come on Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck right after these messages. Do you ever wonder if you're the only woman who runs errands in her yoga pants so it will look like she went to the gym? Or how about the only mom who feeds her kids raw cookie dough? Or are you the only one who cooks her family cold cereal for dinner? Do you need more laughter and less loudness? More self-love and less self-loathing? More joy and less judgment? You're not alone. Come to the living room, a place where we get comfy, candid, and confident together. Come seeking sanctuary and leave feeling renewed. We're saving a seat for you. Give yourself some living room today. about Wesley, the golden retriever puppy from Michigan that was fitted with braces? Before you think this is a bona fide insanity, Wesley was born with teeth that were so crooked he couldn't shut his mouth all the way. This was affecting his ability to eat properly. So his owners took him to the Harborfront Hospital for Animals and Veterinary Dental Solutions, where a doggy orthodontist prescribed him a set of braces. And now, pictures of Wesley smiling with his bright, shiny braces have been circling the Internet. With all that metal wrapped around their teeth, some would think that most dogs would become bruxomaniacs, but not Wesley. He doesn't mind the braces at all and is now able to eat his food with gusto. A bruxomaniac is someone with an uncontrollable urge to grind their teeth. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck, bringing you interesting, influential, and inspiring guests every week, helping you make a difference in your world and the world around us. Let's get back to the show. Here's Sandra Beck. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Lisa Dietrich, and we're in Section 8 or Episode 8 of the Fruits of the Spirit, and today we're talking about gentleness and what gentleness entails um, and how to live it. And, Lisa, you found a passage in the Bible that you wanted to share with us. I did. Um, This is a passage that I really took to heart. Actually, my husband and I both were very intentional about this when our kids were growing up. And I'm just going to start with verse, uh, it's um, Deuteronomy chapter 6. I'm going to start with 4 and read 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. When you lie down 
and when you get up. That's pretty much all the time. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. What this is saying is giving specific instructions to parents that look for teachable moments all day long. From the time you get up in the morning until the time you go to bed at night or you put your kids to bed because, you know, in our house, we needed our time. And so the kids went to bed at 8 o'clock, so we had some time before we had to go to bed. But what that what this means is a look for those teachable moments. That doesn't mean you're harping on them all the time, but... Wait for teachable moments. Like you were saying, Sandra, you know, Zach would sit, be sitting there playing with the DS and you could have a great conversation with him because he was a kinesthetic learner. Um, and Max, you could sit there and, and, you know, have a slice of pie and talk because he was more auditory. And um, learning how our kids learn, understanding that about each one is different and they may learn in different ways. That, you know, makes it a little more challenging to us because now we need to not just look for teachable moments, but teachable moments where we can um, recognize that they're in that mode, that they're most teachable. Um, but, you know, as a parent, teaching gentleness is as much about demonstration and modeling it for them as well as um, helping them understand and take to heart um, why they need to be gentle and how to, you know, how it will um, have a positive effect on them in their lives in the, in the interactions they have. And uh, one of the things you mentioned earlier in this, Sandra, was that some people mistake gentleness or kindness or patience for weakness. And not only is that not true, but that's something that, you know, from a strategic standpoint, because I'm a business person, um, we can definitely use that to our advantage. Because if somebody thinks that we're weak and behind the game and, um, and we know better than that, um, that gives us an advantage over them. And not that we want to take people down, but it, you know, we can use our gentleness to, um, to be on top of the situation. And we don't have to worry about being, you know, crass or hateful or, um, you know, trying to, you know, cut people off at the knees. Um, we can just be gentle and know where we're heading and know our game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, Lisa, when it comes to, when it comes, like, boys have a lot of aggression, you know, and I know there's some girls that have a lot of aggression. Where, where do you put that? Like, you know, it's, it's part of boys natural and, you know, and the teasing that they do and the camaraderie, you know, there is team building, you know, like my kids, my older one especially plays on a soccer team and they all rib each other. And, you know, it's not really gentle or loving or kind most of the time, but I, but I look at that and go, that's like a different category. That's, there's something with male bonding. And that's where I start to get confused between kindness and gentleness and then male bonding because there is definitely a line there. It's not really bullying. It's teasing, but it's camaraderie building, too. So I, I get really confused in this. Well, and I think we need to really check our hearts. Um, yeah, they can be elbowing each other and, uh, you know, kind of, I don't even want to call it trash talking. I totally understand what you're talking about because we had two boys, too. And, um, you know, I even heard that between them. Um we need to make sure it's not personal. And maybe that's where we draw the line. Um, you know something about one of the guys on your team that maybe is a little bit embarrassing to them. Don't bring that up. Don't make it personal. Don't cross that line into hurtfulness. And again, that's where, you know, we need to have a little, we need to 
teach them a little more sensitivity and to stop and think before they say. And um, that's where, and I mentioned this on one of the other shows, that I repeated this over and over and over to my boys, and it finally, finally over the years took root uh, because I did it every time they got up and went to bed and as we walked down the road, um, is just because the thought comes into your head, it doesn't have to come out of your mouth. And That's really stop and think about and, you know, get back to the golden rule. Would you want someone to say something like that to you? It's one thing if you're joking around with your teammates. It's another thing if you're, you know, making a personal attack on your brother um, on, on a, you know, physical attribute or something about them that you know they're, they're you know, sensitive about. Don't get personal with it. Yeah, because calling one fat and calling the other small is kind of like status quo in our house right now. I've been battling that for at least two months now. And it may take a while to battle, but, um, you know, maybe that's something the boy, you can kind of moderate a conversation between the boys that they can kind of talk about, you know, hey, you know, when you say this to me, it's really, it's really had an effect on me. You know, I think you mentioned one of them didn't want to go to a swim party because of, or he, you know, put on a big shirt to kind of hide that. And um, those kind of things really do hurt. And, you know, maybe... I don't know. We could try having a conversation, you know, just let's, let's talk about this because we've got some hurtful things going on here and, and I don't want you guys to hurt each other like this. Um, maybe we can come up with other terms that are more loving. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard. And I, you know, everybody tells me it's a stage and we've gone through, you know, we're going through a lot of stages. Cause I think, especially with brothers, you know, there's that unique, it's just unique and, and boys together are, uh, are different than they are individually one-on-one. So, you know, what I remember when, you know, my kids were little and they first started public school and they had been, you know, homeschooled for a while and they went to the public school and, you know, I remember both of my kids doing this. They kept standing back from the slide to let the next person go and let the next person go and let the next person go. And they were being polite. And I finally had to go out there and say, you know, you can take your turn too. But I had so trained them to be polite and like open the door for people and, you know, step aside and let someone pass. They didn't get it. So they were like, oh, my kids go down the slide. And they thought they were doing the right thing. But then they were getting frustrated going, you know, but wait, what about my turn? And, you know, and I think that's that line of some of the things when we were well-meaning and trying to teach our kids. But there's also the practical application of gentleness as well. Absolutely. And, and again, it gets back to the, the issue of the heart. Um, and um, it, it's not easy for kids. I mean, you know, we look at, you know, infants and, and, you know, that when they're born, they're, they're completely selfish only, you know, for the main reason, because they can't do anything for themselves. So everything needs to be done for them. And, um, and even at young ages, we, you know, we have to constantly be on top of kids, not to steal the other kids toys or not to, you know, to, to teach them how to get along with each other. And it's a constant intentional, training process over the years where eventually they learn that if for no other reason then they understand that it doesn't help them socially to be constantly you know hurting other people with their words um but what we want to do is you know help them learn at a younger age that everyone is created by god in his image and to put somebody down because of the way they look 
is basically saying God made a mistake on you. And we know God doesn't make any mistakes. So, you know, from a deeper heart level, um, if they have an understanding and a love for God, all of a sudden, um, you know, understanding that harsh words or hurtful words towards other people are really making a statement about God. And that's serious stuff there. Yeah, I, you know, I agree. I can try to make that connection. You know, as parents, we just keep trying, you know, we keep, you know, like adding more to the recipe to try to, you know, because there really isn't any getting it right. And I think that's why, you know, we're having these conversations about fruits of the spirit, because it's really hard to look at these fruits of the spirit and say, okay, I get that right. Or I got that down. Or I, I get that. Or, you know, because they do run so deep and they are intertwined. And in some respects, they go against our nature. You know, sometimes, you know, we've got kids whose nature is to hit. And I don't know if they were born that way. You know, obviously we can't go back and, you know, find out all this stuff. But you go to the elementary schools and you see some kids hit, some kids don't, some kids run away, some cry, some are outspoken. You know, we're all so different and then we're also different in different scenarios that you know teaching gentleness you know like gentleness in the workforce you know it has a whole different meaning yes it does and um and sometimes it's very difficult when you've got a difficult employee that uh doesn't even understand gentleness (laughs) i've had some like that they didn't even you know you couldn't reach them that way it's like how do we get across to you um you know, and sometimes it may not be quite so gentle, but um, we, we, you know, want to make sure that we're in, in employing our godly wisdom and, and using those fruits of the spirit in, in, even in the workplace. Um, I was just Googling something because I really want to talk about it after the break. You know, I use gentleness a lot to disarm arguments, disarm arguments in my house, disarm arguments with my kids. You know, it's really hard to keep arguing with somebody who's gentle. Have you ever used that technique? Well, that gets back to Proverbs 15.1, a soft answer turns away wrath. Absolutely. And, you know, when I was doing customer service, I worked in a call center. So the more agitated a customer would be, the flatter my voice would become. I, I just went down a monotone, and they would follow my lead. So we're going to go to commercial break. Right I want to, yeah, I want to talk about some of these techniques, you know, because they really do make a difference in combative environments, whether they're at work or in the household. And how can we use gentleness in our parenting tool bag? This is Sandra Beck of Motherhood Talk Radio. I'm visiting with Lisa Dietrich. Her website is Lisa Dietrich, L-I-S-A-D-E-T-R-E-S dot com. You're going to want to check it out. She's got lots of blogs on fruits of the spirit. She's also got a lot of great uh, articles about being in a relationship with God. So when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about disarming arguments and disarming conflicts with gentleness. We'll be back after the break. Stay with us. There's lots more great conversation to come on Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck right after these messages. I am beautiful no matter what they say. Words can bring me down. I am beautiful in every single way. Yes, words can bring me 
It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. To lose weight, we know that each day we need to burn more calories than we take in through eating, and exercise burns more calories. According to Discovery Health, a 150-pound person will burn about 60 calories while taking a one-hour nap. One hour of sitting and watching television burns about the same. But if that 150-pound person takes a one-hour brisk walk, then say goodbye to more than 250 calories. Cardio exercise like running, biking, swimming, and brisk walking are the best modes of exercise to burn the highest amount of calories and will get the endorphins flowing in your body. Those feel-good neurotransmitters boost your mood naturally. So use exercise to burn calories, lose weight, and to feel good. I'm Annette Hammond. To hear other fitness and weight loss tips, visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. It's words you never heard. Did you know you can burn as many calories in 45 minutes of yard work as in 30 minutes of aerobics? Yard work is a total body workout consisting of pushing, pulling, lifting, and carrying. Using a push mower alone can burn 300 to 500 calories in an hour. Raking and bagging with a pooking fork, that's a fork often used in gardening, burns about 330 calories per hour. Cleaning and digging with the dibble, that little hand spade, can burn approximately 400 calories an hour. Stay fit by horb-gorbling. That's just puttering around the yard. To me, a perfect summer day is when the sun is shining, the birds are singing, and the lawnmower is broken. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Back to Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck, bringing you interesting, influential, and inspiring guests every week, helping you make a difference in your world and the world around us. Let's get back to the show. Here's Sandra Beck. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Motherhood Talk Radio, and we are visiting with Lisa Dietrich, and we are talking about gentleness. And one of the things that I have found, Lisa, in my household, and now, granted, I'm a female-led household, and my dad, who helps me, uh, you know, he's 82, so he's not really on the aggressive meter these days uh, too much, but... um one of the things I found like with my clients or with my kids or even in, you know, work situations is that when I adopt a gentle stance, when I, you know, if it's a big argument, I'll sit down. If it's a, um, I won't sustain eye contact. I won't have an aggressive voice. I won't use aggressive words. I'll use a gentle voice. I'll use gentle words. And it's really hard for somebody to keep badgering me. My teenager is probably the only one who could keep doing it in my gentle stance because he just keeps going no matter how much I, I, you know, I back down or not back down, but it's, it's take a different stance. We're still in conflict, but our conflict doesn't have to be two people punching each other. It can be one person choosing to sit down and, and quiet down and, and take a different tone. And that I find with most people other than my current teenager works. It does. And with your teenager, you may just need to walk out of the room. Um, I'm not going to continue this conversation until we can 
ratchet it down a few notches. I'm walking away. You sit down there and we'll, we'll meet back in 15 or 20 minutes. Um, and that's the same way we uh, sometimes had to handle uh, difficult clients or difficult customers. You know what? I can't continue this conversation if you're going to keep cursing at me. So we can either have an adult conversation here or you can call back when you're calmed down. Um, that's okay, too. We don't have to finish this. We don't have to have an argument here. Um, something that says in Titus 3 is... Um, To be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate and always be gentle towards everyone. Um, and that's just, you know, if that becomes a way of life, then you're going to find a lot less conflict going in in your life because people will start to realize, you know what, I can't, there's no point in starting an argument with this person because they're not going to uh, pick up their arms. There's not going to be a battle here. Um, we can have an adult conversation and... Um, you know, once I was able to turn that corner with my ex, because we had some very, uh, difficult conversations when our daughter, you know, my daughter, my oldest daughter was little, um, and I still had to deal with them. And I, you know, finally just said, you know what, um, I'm here to have an adult conversation. And if you can't do that, then I'm just going to hang up the phone and, you know, said it very calmly, very quietly, uh, without any, you know, anger in my voice or anything like that. And guess what? Our next phone calls, our next conversations for their out were amicable, were civil, were adults without the name calling, without the, you know, garbage that went on. And we can we can set that precedent with people, but we need to maintain it. And we need to be in control of our own emotions so that we can make sure we don't fly off the handle. Because, you know, there's those people that know just exactly which button they can push to just send you into a rage and you got to be able to manage that as well. And even if it means walking out of the room, walk out of the room. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's a big thing and it's, it requires like when we go back to that, you know, knee bone connected to the elbow bone or whatever, I guess that would be a weird animal, but the knee bones connected to something, right? The thigh bone or something. But the point being is that that takes incredible patience, incredible self-control on the part of the parent, because, you know, there are times when we're tired, Lisa, and you know, like my kids tend to pick like, 8.15 at night when I've been up since 4 and arguing and been on the air and done all this stuff and they pick at that point they're going to argue about the style of soccer shoes I bought them and how they cost them the game on Saturday <laughs> yeah and one of my boys just knew you know when to push the buttons at a certain time of month or you know, oh yeah you know and it was just like ah um and you know again we we get back into this thing that there's no perfect parents and there's no perfect children and we're going to have our moments too where we're going to lose it um and you know what? It's okay to go back to your kids and say, you know what? I'm really sorry I yelled at you about that. I'm really sorry that I said this. I should not have done it. Will you forgive me? And we're modeling repentance and forgiveness there that they need to learn. And it not it doesn't take down your authority as a parent. What it does is to help the kids understand that their parents are not perfect, but we're willing to admit it. We're strong enough. <laughs> We're courageous enough to admit it and to ask them for forgiveness. And you know what? That's a huge thing in a relationship, whether it's with your kids or your coworkers or anybody else. 
being willing well, to. And everybody's wrong. Like, that's the thing. Like, I don't know where it got in parenting that we're supposed to know everything or we're supposed to be right all the time. Like, I don't know where that ever got written, like Mr. Spock or Dr. Spock or whatever, you know. <laughs> whatever cultural thing came up that a parent's word is law and a parent's word, you know, there are times that I've laid down the law and then my sons have come back to me and said, you know, mom, it's really not fair because of this, 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 or this law, if you will, really isn't right. It doesn't work in these situations. So can we talk about it? And I'm like, oh my God, my kids are more mature than I am. (laughs) But we do. I say, you know what? You're right. You're right. I absolutely, I, I will change my mind on this. You made a good point and you approached me in a way that I could understand it and see it. Now that doesn't happen all the time, but it does um it does make a difference when you discuss these things. Now granted there's times where it's like my way or the highway. It's like you will not text girls after eight o'clock at night. Period. <clears throat> like right. that's not you know, there's no nothing good that's gonna happen after eight o'clock at night when a teenage boy texts a teenage girl, truly. No. <laughs> and yes, and there are times where there's you do have to lay down the law. And again, that's where we have to take it into account and be willing to listen to the kids if they've earned the right to appeal because you know if they're just being belligerent all around don't come back and ask me to to reconsider this until your attitude's better um but um definitely and it's good as a parent to be willing to listen to kids i don't know where that thing came in that that parents knew everything um but boy you know i think if if we could break down that idea um, it might help stop some of the generational issues that come through. And I'm going to say generational sins that come through. Um, I don't know where people got the idea that everything their parents did was right. I was able to look at my parents and go, you know what? They did this very well. Not so much with this. So I'm not going to do this in my family. But I am going to take the good stuff that they did and, and incorporate that into my, you know, raising my children. And I see my grown kids doing that with their kids. And I'm so grateful that they didn't just take everything we did and do it our way because we made mistakes. And I'm glad to see that they've recognized that and have altered the way they're parenting and the way they're living their lives so they're not repeating our mistakes. Well, yeah, because it's like, I don't know. And there's so many times where we're in waters these days, Lisa, that like I'm I'm sunk. It's like I grew up in a house where we had one television. We got three stations and one of them was Sault Ste. Marie, Canada. So we didn't have cable. We didn't have we didn't have a telephone in our house. Uh, and one of, you know, till I don't know, I was like 10 years old, something like that. So, you know, I didn't have cell phones to deal with or internet connections or cable or movies that we couldn't watch. You know, the only movie we ever went to, my mom had to pile us in the station wagon and go. So when I look at my kids being on the internet, they've got Chromebooks at school, they've got cell phones because they go over to their dad's house, the dad has a new wife, they've got stepbrothers. You know, this is, um, you know, this is a big deal. And it's frightening because there's so many bad influences out there that they can pick up just in a heartbeat. Um, and it, it's a little bit scary as a parent. And that's where we, we need to teach our kids to, it's okay to walk out of the room if somebody's watching something that's not appropriate. And you should walk out. <laughs> you should walk out of the room. Um, and... Um, and again, that, that gets back to having gentleness in our hearts and really guarding our hearts and making sure that the things that come into our minds and our hearts don't 
don't have an adverse effect on our in, in desire to teach gentleness. And, you have a Max Lucado. I, I want to get that before we, uh, before, you know, so we don't run out of time. Yes, I found this great quote from Max Lucado, and he says this, I choose gentleness. Nothing is won by force. I choose to be gentle. If I raise my voice, may it be only in praise. If I clench my fist, may it only be in prayer. And if I make a demand... May it only be of myself. Wow. Yeah, that's just, you know, um, I'm going to print this out and hang it up on my wall because (laughs) um, I can be pretty demanding at times. Um, But we can choose to be gentle. We can choose gentleness. And it means just slowing down, taking time to breathe. Um, Take a little more time when you're uh, reading your Bible or reading your test, you know, whatever your inspirational moments are in the morning. Take a little bit of time to just close your eyes and meditate on those. Think about it. You know, how can I put this into my life today? How can I incorporate this into my life? How can I help my kids to understand this? And I think having a, a little devotional time with kids every morning is very important. It gets them off on the right track, too. But we can choose to be gentle. We can use to be gentle, we can choose to be kind, and I find that our dinner table, Lisa, where we talk about our day is also a good time that, you know, we're kind of eating, we're relaxed, we're together, is a really good time to have these things. I know families are busy, we're all busy. We sometimes have our dinner at 3.30 in the afternoon or 4 o'clock before sports start, just so we can sit together for a little bit, have that time. I encourage you guys to do this with your family. I encourage you to post Fruits of the Spirit in your kitchen. Now, we're going to be back next week with another Fruits of the Spirit, our last Fruits of the Spirit. i got to find out which one that is. It's self-control. Oh, my gosh, that's something I've struggled with since I was five years old. You're not going to want to miss this episode. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Military or sorry, Motherhood Talk Radio. You can also find us on TuggyNet. So come back again next week. Look for this and the other episodes we have in Fruits of the Spirit. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for being with us today on Motherhood Talk Radio, starring Sandra Beck. Motherhood Talk 